Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Though Stephen A., who can stop? Patrick Mahomes. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. You just heard all the talk about the Browns and how bullish Stephen A. is on them right now. It's flurries, 30 degrees in Cleveland with the snow falling like it is in a good part of the country at this moment. And Key, you found that out the hard way this morning, huh? Well, I mean, snow is, hey, man. It, was, it wasn't as cold as you would think, but it was still 20 degrees. I think if I'd have stayed out walking around for about another five minutes or so, you'd have had to find you'd have found me out in the snow face down, that's for sure. I got indoors quick. Here it is from three hours ago. I can tell y'all right now, I didn't sign up for this. This don't even make no damn sense. They got me going to work early in the morning with this. ESPN, boy, they're... They'll work you to death in the snow. Look at that. I got to go do radio and TV in the snow. I'm walking. It's not cold. It's just I feel like I'm in Aspen, Colorado, even though I'm not in Aspen, Colorado. You know, but it's about 5 a.m. in the morning, a little snow. I get through it. It ain't freezing cold. It's cold, but it ain't freezing cold. So I'm going to go do some radio, a little bit of TV then NFL Live, and then to the crib. Tune in, baby. Snow. <laughs> man, I hope I-95 they puts down some salt so you can get back to the city, man. I know no, that's it's all, it's all good. I'm going to get right back there. where I need to get to, Jay Will, but it's just one of those deals <laughs> where you're sitting around and it's white everywhere. I mean, it was pretty to look at from a distance, <laughs> but trying to just be – I don't understand how y'all on a daily basis living this stuff. I just – I don't get it. And then you got to go buy blowers and, and, and figure out how to, you know, no, uh, melt no. the snow and push it or push I, it to the side. I'm, I don't know. No, no key. I'm not, I'm not buying a snow blower for 1475. I'm not doing it. I'm not paying somebody else to come do my driveway. I'm going to do it my own. I bought two shovels for 1695. That's cost efficient way to do it. And my back is about to hurt tomorrow and I'm about to have the Bengay out. And I'm about to complain to myself while I'm doing it that I should have bought a snowblower, but I'm going to do it anyway because that's better the perpetual man, misery man that my me. life lives in the Northeast. He's a better man than me, Zubin. I'll be lazy and have someone else do it for me. So here's the question. Um, we could all sort of agree that nobody likes the snow and uh, no mountains out there. So the elevation not nearly as high as Aspen out there in Bristol. But So we know the Steelers have clinched a playoff spot. They sort of backed in even after they lost their – Second game in a row, they kind of found out they were in before they even took the field against Buffalo. But here's the thing, Key. All they have to do to clinch the AFC North, all they got to do is win on ESPN Monday night against the Bengals. Or the Browns lose to the Giants and they're in. But let's not take that latter scenario. All they got to do is beat one of the worst teams in the NFL on Monday night and the division is theirs. But you still think the Browns have life. Well, look, you, you always have life till it's over with, right? I, I understand Pittsburgh plays Cincinnati and they should beat them. I get that. But I'm always of the what if. What if they don't? Because the pressure has come on losing two straight games and the Browns playing as well as they've played playing and as well as they played against Baltimore, knowing that you have them at the end of the year, knowing that they got the Jets and the Giants coming up. You're looking in that mirror and you're looking at their schedule and you're saying, you know what? I'm Mike Tomlin and I'm saying to myself, we cannot afford to slip up. Anything can happen and all of a sudden, 
you look up in that game in week 17, it's for the division. It's for the division. What if all of a sudden Cincinnati grows some hair and they get real tough and they decide that this is we're going to take out the Pittsburgh Steelers? Now what? Key, I, I, I just don't – I don't think – that the Browns can catch the Steelers just because I, the Browns will have to win their next three games in a row, which I think they can do. The Steelers will have to lose all their next three games. And I just don't see the Steelers losing to the Bengals. For as bad as the Steelers are playing, the Bengals are even worse right now. Okay, they're 2-10, Joe Burrowless. I, I think that's a game that they actually pick up momentum. I do see them lose to the Colts. I do see them lose to the Browns. You know, who knows where things will be at the end. And the only thing is, even if they are tied when it comes to that game, um, even if the Browns were to beat the Steelers, they would both be one and one against each other. And that would have to come down to wins in the division. And right now, if the Steelers were to beat the Bengals, uh, they would be five and oh in the division. And essentially, if the Browns were to even beat the Steelers at the end, they would be three and three in the division. So, look, the, the Steelers are going to win a division. But with that being said, I still think the Browns are the better team. The Browns have higher have a higher ceiling, and I think the Browns have a chance with the Bills to compete against Kansas City. I really do. I, I, I think that they, these teams, the way they play, they have a chance to do it because of the way they can run the ball and because of Baker Mayfield. If he plays at a high level, he could be a difference maker. You, you have been the 2020 anything can happen guy around here. 2020, anything can happen. Oh, 2020, you said this. this. Oh, you know, it's the Duke thing. I uh, 2020, (laughs) Jason. The Duke thing. Jason, you be honest with me and listeners and and people that are watching. You didn't think that the New York Giants with Colt McCoy had a chance in hell to go to Seattle and beat the Seahawks that just took care of business against the Eagles and the Cardinals. You didn't think that, did you? No. And guess what? It happened. All I'm saying is until (sighs) it's eliminated, we don't know what could happen. And Mike Tomlin's letting his team know that. We've got to play better or else Cleveland can come and get us. I'm sure he's sending that message. I'm just saying, Key, are you saying that there's a chance for the Bengals to beat the Steelers. That's what man, you're telling man, me. Man, I always believe that there's a chance for a team to beat another team. Always. Always. Because okay. it happens. We just witnessed the Giants going with Colt McCoy to Seattle and beating a team that smacked Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals around and took Philadelphia to the woodshed. We just watched that. Okay. I just Steelers are minus 12.5. It's almost two touchdown favorites. I get it. I understand it. But anything can happen, Coach. Ain't that right, Zubin? For sure. Think about it from this perspective, and I want to get your thoughts on this too. When you think about it from Pittsburgh's perspective, the Bengals have not won a game since the 1st of November. Just let that settle in for one second. Today is December 17th. 
The Bengals have not won a game since November 1st. They are 2-10 and 1. One other thing that the uh, Browns are trying to break, Key has mentioned looking for their first 10-win season since 2007, which they can get on Sunday against Jays Giants. They're trying to snap the NFL's longest playoff drought, which goes back to 0-2. This one hasn't been talked about very much. This, is so, this, <laughs> this happened so long ago, it wasn't even called the AFC North. The team with the longest division drought, the longest division drought is... The Cleveland Browns, who have not won their division, the AFC Central slash North, in 28 years. The Lions are at 27. The Bills are about 25, but I think we all know the Bills are going to win the AFC East. Key, no division crowns in almost three decades. Mm. Wow. Well, I mean, who was in that division? Think about it. That's true. You know, you you, got to look at who was in those divisions. You got to look at all of those sort of things. Uh, It's, you know, the Bills are probably, both teams are, both teams most likely are going to win the division. Pittsburgh as well as Buffalo. They're probably going to win the division. But what I would say is Buffalo Bills are going out to Denver to play the sneaky Broncos. Sneaky Denver Broncos. So stop smiling, zooming, because I can see you without seeing you. When I mentioned Denver, and when you think about it, Vic Fangio is a pretty good defensive mind. You got a, a hot team that feels good about themselves coming off a big time victory, going to Denver in Miami, playing against New England that's sitting right there waiting to take over that number one spot in the AFC East. So there's also that pressure for Buffalo or worrying about Miami that they still got to see as well as the New England Patriots. So Anything could happen. I wouldn't count Buffalo losing that game in Denver just out of the question. I wouldn't do that. Great football weekend on tap. Tonight, Chargers, Raiders, Thursday. Then we got two games on Saturday. Key mentioned the Bills and the Broncos. That'll be up first. And then the Panthers and the Packers. So a chance to see Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers in back-to-back games. Then the full Sunday schedule. And then the Steelers, as we mentioned, on Monday night. So that's going to be great. Thursday Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless, new Platinum Unlimited plan, includes phone protection, just $65 a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at asurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. Back to the NBA. Harden reported late, better late than never. If you're wondering, the Rockets open the regular season Wednesday against OKC. A couple of different teams he's worn jerseys for, but it certainly appears, as the fellas have said, there's going to be another new jersey in the mix as soon as Raphael Stone, the team's new GM, decides what to do. Let's welcome in Jeff Van Gundy, ESPN NBA analyst on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Uh, Jeff, I don't want to ask you what Steven Silas, the new Rockets coach, should do. I want you to put yourself back in your old life. You're the Rockets coach again. This has happened. You dealt with Patrick Ewing. You've dealt with superstars at all of your stops. This is happening. You're the Rockets coach. What do you do? Well, it's a tough situation, obviously, um, because, you know, what you're trying to ask everybody on the team, coaches, players, is to be all in with both feet. You know, be all in and um, – all the players and coaches know that Harden is out or wants to be out. Now, that doesn't preclude him from playing well. I think, actually, that Houston's going to win and win uh, 
big. If Harden stays, I think they'll be a top four seed. But I think it's going to be a hard year because everybody's going to dance around the elephant in the room, which is our best player doesn't want to be here. When is the other shoe going to drop? So I think Steven Silas is handling it just like I think any coach would try. Keep the team on track. Uh, prepare as if this is going to be your team going forward. But even he knows it's just a matter of time uh, until James Harden is no longer there. Interesting, Coach. Let me ask you this. How much pressure is on Giannis now that he signed this big deal? Do you see him staying the full length of the five years in Milwaukee knowing that other max superstars have decided to move on from those deals to other teams after they didn't win championships? Yeah, I think what is hard now um, is to not follow what everybody else does. And, you know, some people have decided it's best for them in their career to leave and try to team up with people and chase a championship um, trying to stack the deck. I think what Giannis has done is very commendable and very necessary for our league to stay healthy is that a small market franchise player of his stature without winning yet with the whole thing has decided to stay. And I I think he will stay the whole five year. Uh, I think he's cut from a different cloth than a lot of guys. Um, I don't know why he's different, but I think he is. And I think he should be commended for it. What's your expectation for the Nets and Kevin Durant this year? a hard injury we all know that really hard and I think uh, people trying to minimize that because of Durant's greatness is doing a disservice to Durant and what he's going to accomplish overcoming this I I I am so interested in watching can he retain that every night dominance that we're used to seeing or particularly early in the year is it up and down because um, you know that Achilles injury is basically undefeated as far as you know robbing you of some some of the athleticism that you once had. But Durant is so ultimately skilled uh, from a shooting, ball handling skill standpoint that I think he can overcome a little bit reduction in athleticism and still be a dominant NBA player. Jeff, bring me back to this Houston scenario since you were so close to being on the verge of being that coach. How toxic could this environment potentially get if they can't find somebody to work the trade with them for James Harden? Well, I I don't know if, you know, the, the article that was written yesterday, if true, is like so different than what I'm accustomed to uh, as far as dealing with NBA players. Now, that's not to say that star players have never asked for or received, you know, benefits that, you know, the 12th man didn't get. But I think every player who wields power in our league, yes, they can, they can do certain things. But I think they need to ask themselves, should they do that? 
Is it the right thing? Hmm. Is it the right thing for the team? That selflessness, when a star player has selflessness, like a Steve Nash or a Tim Duncan or a litany of other players that we've had in our league, that sets you up for team chemistry. And team chemistry helps you to elevate your team's game as far as the talent will allow. That doesn't mean you're necessarily going to win a championship, but it's going to allow you to maximize the talent at hand. Plus, it allows you to enjoy the year. And I think we all overlook the fact we want to work in jobs where we're valued, where we're excited to go to work, and we're happy. And when you have chemistry, that's what it allows you to do. Conversely, the opposite is true. You may win, and it may be miserable, and that is absolutely zero fun. Coach, if you were talking to Coach Silas, uh, how would you advise him? <laughs> I mean, he, he's done an exceptionally well job thus far, just in the media with the way he's handled it. But I, I, you have to be assured it's, it's only going to get more challenging. How would you advise him to continue to handle this scenario as it develops? Well, like you said, I, I think he's doing such a great job because he's referring many of the Harden questions back to Harden himself. Because Harden really is the only one that can answer about his level of commitment, uh, about why he did what he did. And I think Stephen has done a great, great job. You know, I, I'm fortunate. I know the Silas family. My first NBA job when I was 27 as an assistant for the Knicks, uh, one of the other assistant coaches was, was Paul Silas, his dad, who took me under his wing, taught me a lot about the NBA. And so I've known Stephen since he was, I think, a high school freshman. And he's always been uh, a great dude. Like, he's top-notch. If you don't get along with Steven Silas, you're the jerk. And he has put in, like, 20 years to being an assistant coach. And he's got a really good team. And he really knows what he's doing. And I'm, I'm very impressed with not only how he's dealt with the Harden dilemma uh, coming into it. It was a Westbrook dilemma as well. And I think they've come out of it, or done as good a job as they can. And unfortunately, this great, great player doesn't want to be a part of their team anymore. And yet, I think they're doing the smart thing and not just getting rid of him, but trying to find a situation for themselves that they feel comfortable, that they can still be a really good team. So Steven's going to do an excellent job, has done an excellent job. And I love how he started deflecting the questions back to Harden. Coach, before we let you go, how much money would you lay on Luka to win the MVP this year? Well, I don't have your money, Keyshawn. Oh, so stop, stop, like, uh, stop, coach. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't gamble. Other, Mark Jackson always says to me, would you quit spending other people's money? Or He says something crazy to me. I'm not talking about other people's money, but I would say, like, I think Giannis, uh, if I had to bet, would be a three-peat. That would be my guess, unless the media gets tired of voting him, you know, MVP because it's a regular season award. Obviously, James will be up there. Uh, Davis may well be, too. But you're right about Doncic. He, because he has the ball in his hands so much and Dallas is good, um, really good. I think he's going to have the benefit of being a high usage player 
that performs at a high level, plus they're going to win enough uh, to get that type of recognition. So if I had $100, I'd put uh, 60 on Giannis, 20 on James, and 20 on Dodgich. Mm, okay. Interesting. Wow. Does that add to a hundred? By the way, no, it was I'm only not good sixty at that. bucks. But that's that's okay. You got it right. You got it right. <laughs> All right, good. Because I, I wasn't the smartest dude in the world. Now I know it's early, especially out there in Texas where you live. It's about seven twenty in the morning, so you can catch Jeff on the call. The Lakers and the Suns NBA preseason this Friday night at ten thirty Eastern on ESPN. And I just wanted to mention because Jeff mentioned the article. If you're unfamiliar, amazing story on ESPN.com yesterday about Houston never saying no to James Harden and now dealing with the fallout of it. There's some amazing quotes in there, so I encourage you to check that out on ESPN.com. The story that Jeff referenced. Jeff, we'll see you on the air Friday and next Tuesday. We'll do it for real. Thanks. All right. Take care, guys. All right, Coach. That's Jeff Van Gundy. Coach, counting, counting other people money. Stay doing that. I know what Mark Jack. I don't like when people do that. <laughs> I don't like that. I, I, coach, uh-uh. you see how quick I cut him off? Ah, no, no, no. Come on, man. Because yeah. you get people's wheels start turning. <laughs> Right, and you coached the Knicks and the Rockets Zubin, I, long I will, enough. You made a lot of money. He's he's doing all right. Yeah, sitting Zubin, up telling will, me he ain't got no money. I will say this, Zubin. I will, it, it would have been – you imagine how fascinating it would have been if Jeff Van Gundy was the head coach of the Houston Rockets and he was dealing with this whole James Harden situation? Here's the funny thing. I didn't, Oof, I didn't say it, that Jay. That would have been fiery. I asked him that. He didn't answer it. I get it. I know he doesn't want to put himself in there. That was the first thing I asked him, and I understand. But, He's in the media now, so he deflects very well. But let well. me ask you this, though, Jay. Mm-hmm. You say, what if he was the coach? What if he was the coach? What if he was the coach and Harden was accepting of it and Westbrook was still there and there wasn't any issues and he was accepting the roster? See? So what if, you know, both of them were still there? Certain coaches handle situations different because they know how to communicate with you. Fair scenario, Keith, fair. Indeed. Speaking of the NBA tip, we're asking this morning on the Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, which NBA star is the most pressure to win a championship this season? You sort of heard Key ask the question with regard to Giannis, and 40% of you have said Giannis at NY Dave. Hit us up, Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, and said, quote, there's no pressure on Giannis. Bucks fans are just really happy that he's staying. Only reason Greek Freak is on this list is because of recent signing. As for Kawhi, he and the Clippers got to do better. Very interesting. Weigh in yourself. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, or on Key J and Z on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. $228 million and no pressure, according to NY Dave. We'll take your opinions all morning long. Still to come. Guess who showed back up at practice yesterday for the Saints? But does it mean Drew Brees is going to start Sunday? The word from Sean Payton on the way after Jay has this from Pennzoil. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Subin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again. 
by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And as Kevin Nagandi said, the operative words there on SportsCenter, as of right now, you also heard the voice of Adam Schefter there as Breeze is finally back at practice, but there's no guarantee that means he's going to start in a huge game against the Chiefs on Sunday. So for the very latest, we go to the NFL's best insider, Adam Schefter, who joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. It's the question every Saints fan and maybe every fan who wants to know at this particular point, what's the latest you can tell us from your reporting on the possible return to Drew Brees to the starting lineup Sunday? I would say this, that Sean Payton, the Saints head coach, said it best himself, that Drew Brees still has a ways to go before he's ready to play. And even though the team has activated him off injury reserve, a lot of times teams do that in an effort to ramp up the player and get him acclimated to playing again. And I still think, based on Sean Payton's public comments yesterday about Breeze being a ways away from being ready, that it's still tracking to be Taysom Hill on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs, though they clearly are starting to get Breeze ready for future matchups and for the postseason run that's ahead. Adam, from what you've heard, and I know you've been following this story for quite some time from the beginning with Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, is he going to return next year? Oh, yeah, no. Stephen Jones made that very clear today, uh, this week, Key, where he went on the radio and said, why would anybody even be asking that question? We are bringing back Mike McCarthy. He left no margin of error whatsoever. He made it very clear that there will not be a head coaching change in Dallas. And so while we're seeing changes go on across the league, as is always the case, uh, Dallas is out of that mix. Now, they will be making changes. There's no way that you could have the kind of season that the Cowboys have had and not make some changes, but they will not involve the head coach, Mike McCarthy. And I know you're getting sick and tired of this conversation, the Trevor Lawrence conversation. What are the Jets going to do? Are the Jets going to draft Trevor Lawrence? Is he going to go back to school? Does he want to play for the Jets? What are you hearing about his mindset and the things that he wants to do? Well, I I don't think it's any question that he's going to be coming out. I don't have any doubt in my mind that this will be his last year at Clemson. Uh, that he'll be entering the NFL draft. The New York Jets right now are scheduled to have the number one pick, and those two seem to be on a collision course, whether they like it or not. The Jets clearly like that. Uh, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is opposed to it. That's my sense of it. We'll see how it shakes out here in the coming weeks and months, but I think he's focused right now on getting ready for Notre Dame on Saturday's game, and he's not thinking too much about it. So we're talking more about it than he's actually thinking about it, but saying that, He's coming out. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he's coming out. And then we'll see how it goes from there. But if the Jets have the number one pick, I would expect that they bring the name Trevor Lawrence to the podium. Shefty, the NFL has delayed their decision on the 17-game season. Why is that so? Well, it's interesting. I just think that the pandemic, Jay, has changed the dynamics of a lot of different things. And so while everybody was angling for that, um, Clearly, there has been a hold on, let's see what's going on here attitude first before everybody signs off on it. And I think so much has been demanded of the players this year, the coaches, the organizations, with all the COVID testing. Uh, You have to see whether or not they're in favor of that. Let's also keep in mind that at the same time, 
TV negotiations are ongoing. Uh, maybe the NFL is very pleased with what it hears numbers-wise, and it doesn't even need to have a 17th game because the numbers on those deals are going to be so huge and monstrous. So, uh, again, I think there's a lot of things going on, but the time and day and age that we're living in probably has as much to do with it as anything else, I would imagine. Adam, Lewis Riddick is getting a lot of run right now for a possibility of yeah. a general manager's job. He interviewed with the Houston Texans. Detroit Lions is up next. Who outside of those two teams could come a-calling? Well, first of all, do you see what Magic Johnson said about our friend Lewis Riddick? No, tell me. Per- well, just go on Twitter and take a look at Magic's last tweet advocating for Lewis to be hired as a GM. It was very interesting. Magic is a big fan of Lewis, as I'm sure Lewis was a big fan of Magic back in the day, who wasn't a big fan of Magic's, right? So you got Magic publicly advocating for Lewis, who interviewed on Wednesday for the general manager job of the Houston Texans. He's scheduled to interview Friday tomorrow with the Detroit Lions. The Jacksonville Jaguars have called about potentially talking, though nothing has been scheduled just yet. So just think about it like this. Right now, there are four general manager openings. There's Atlanta, Jacksonville, Houston, Detroit. Atlanta is the only one that really hasn't set up anything so far with Lewis. But he certainly sounds like he's in play in Houston and Detroit. Sounds like he's in the conversation in Jacksonville. There's been people that have speculated on Lewis to Atlanta. Again, I don't know that anything has happened there concretely just yet. Maybe they will come calling. Maybe something will be scheduled. But to date, to my knowledge, nothing has happened with Atlanta just yet. Mm-hmm. And for those of you not on Twitter, just want to recite the quote here from Magic that Adam referenced the Detroit Lions should hire ESPN's Lewis Riddick as GM. He has front office experience and eye for talent, and I know he will pick the right coach to help the Lions win. He is someone I have the utmost respect for. That's for the highest endorsement from Urban mm. Magic Johnson. By the way, we had a big Trevor Lawrence discussion. Trevor Lawrence will be a guest on next week's Adam Schefter podcast, available on Tuesday wherever you get podcast it's like uh tuesday it's like the book day drop and the podcast day drop and that's the noted author and nfl insider adam schefter adam thank you very much thanks guys have a great day oh yeah great info as always from adam schefter key and jay boy these guys had great careers right we'd love to slip on the duke uniform once at cameron indoor run out of the rose bowl just once they could play under any circumstances and wait till you hear some of the stories they're going to share on the way, after I remind you that beginning Tuesday, January 5th, Mike Greenberg begins his show, Greeny, immediately following our show on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can, have the newsmakers you'd expect, and interact with you every single weekday. From Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, right into Mike Greenberg, Greeny, weekday mornings on ESPN Radio, starting January 5th. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. That's Coach Silas of the Rockets at the end there trying to be diplomatic. It's good for everybody. I don't think it's good for James Harden. He's been pretty clear about that. He wants to be moved. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin brought to you by Progressive Insurance. The Nets are interested. The Sixers are interested. By the way, Sixers on Wednesday take on the Wizards. So if something can be done quick, how about Westbrook versus Harden next Wednesday? That would be great. We'll wait to see. So here's the deal. Great piece on ESPN.com yesterday posted by our Tim McMahon who covers the Rockets and the Mavericks with some incredible quotes essentially that Houston let Harden run the entire organization and now they're bearing the brunt of it because he wants out some of the money quotes in the story which you can find again right now at ESPN.com whatever James wants that was their feeling quote he's never heard no before also we knew who the boss of the organization was said a former Rockets assistant And then this one, quote, if they have multiple days off, everybody knows James is going to fly somewhere else and party, but he's going to come back and have a 50-point triple-double, so they're okay with it. So that leads me to the fellas, who obviously both had illustrious careers of their own. Guys, give me an example of what I just mentioned with Harden. You guys balling out on the court or balling out on the field after, uh, you know, Getting the opportunity to perhaps have a little more leeway than some of your other teammates. You want to go, Jay? Or you want me to go? No, no, Key, you, you, you kick things off. First off, I don't want people to villainize James Harden. The organization has let him do this for his entire career, pretty much. And by the way, a lot of star players get treated this way. So with that being said, <laughs> story time with Key and, T, Key and Jay. Go ahead, well, Key. Look, let me hear something. Well, I want to hear one. Well, first of all, you're not being treated differently. Right. You, you are grown and you're responsible for your own actions at the end of the day, you know, and, and that's the kind of how things have always been. When I had coach Tony Dungy, he treated you like a human being and like a man and not just like a prop that played on a football team. He wanted you to have responsibilities. And if you were to decide that this is the things that you were going to do, it's your responsibility to, to make sure that you're doing all the right things. With that being said, you know, um, James Harden has has living his life, but he's also a professional basketball player, and he's human just like everybody else. He has a job to do. When he goes and has fun, have his fun, he comes back and he balls out. He drops 50 on people, 40, whatever it is. He's putting his team in the position to win. I, I've, I've got a bunch of stories, but one in particular that sticks out is in the NFL, you travel the day before. You usually travel the day before unless you're going from East Coast or West Coast. You know, five, six-hour flights. You may go in a day early. You may leave on a Friday instead of a Saturday. And we were playing the Atlanta Falcons the year we went to the Super Bowl. And it was Michael Vick. It was the Vick experience. It was this whole big old thing, Atlanta. You know, he was taking Atlanta by storm. And in come the big bad bucks on a Sunday. What I did on a Friday is I threw a party. In Atlanta on a Friday. Now, mind you, on Saturday is a walkthrough. So I threw a party on a Friday, and me and about three of my other teammates, we got on the private jet. We flew from Tampa to Atlanta for the party. And the party started, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. 
or whatever. So we partied all night long at the party that I threw on that Friday night. We got back on the, the jet, sat first thing Saturday morning at like 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m., flew back to Tampa, got practice, walked through. Now, obviously, the practice field was smelling like a bunch of alcohol because we was partying. And then we got back on the plane with the team on on Saturday back to Atlanta and you know what happened on Sunday? I dropped, I think I, I dropped like a buck 36 grabs, a buck 30, a touchdown. The other guy that was with me balled out. The other one that was with me balled out. The other one was with me balled out. And the coaches said, whatever y'all did, y'all need to go do that again. <laughs> that's just, that's one story. That's one story with many more. As long as you take care of business. Business. I mean, I it's well documented and well known that I would, at times, when I played for the New York Jets and other teams, I would fly back to Los Angeles to visit my mom and them and fly right back to New York in a day just to be able to see my family. And in between time, I might have gone out or something, but I took care of business so it wasn't an issue to my teammates or my coaches. Man, the key, I'm glad we're talking about this stuff because this is what happens in locker rooms. This is what happens when guys make a lot of money and they can have access to travel somewhere very quickly on a private plane and come back and party. Look, we, we, we played Charlotte one night. We had to go down. We had to play Orlando the next night on a back-to-back. And then the next day we had off and we were playing against the Miami Heat the following night. So on that off day, a lot of guys were just around figuring out what we we're going to do in Orlando, just kind of kicking it since we were just staying there. We weren't going back to Chicago. It was too damn cold. We were enjoying ourselves. And it was later in that evening, friends and I decided that we were going to get a plane. And there was a crazy party happening in Vegas that one of my boys, Scooter Braun, was going to host. Right. So we flew out there, kicked it all the way to Vegas from Orlando, all the way to Vegas. And it was like three of us got all the way out there. Had an incredible night, wild out. Our game was the next day. We had shoot-around around noon. Our game was like at 7. We made it back for shoot-around. All I'm saying is we made it back for shoot-around, and we, you know, usually guys get like two tickets for like away games. Man, we brought maybe 20, 30 people back with us on the plane <laughs> that stayed with us in Miami and had a good time, right? The following night because we stayed over that next night too. So it's like these things happen. It's not crazy to think it's out of the realm. James Harden is 31 years old. Yeah. He's single. Yes. He's not tied down to anybody. Yeah. If he's still dropping buckets, I'm not going to have people villainize him because he's going out having a good time, too. No more people have a good time, too. You can do that. Well, you know how it's it allowed. Goes, man. They, people don't really understand it. You make a bunch of money, and they think that you're supposed to just go in a closet and hide and never come back out and never live your life. And, and that's not the reality of situations. And, and also, Key, you know what? James Harden wasn't forcing people to give James Harden what he wants. The organization was doing that. So now that yeah. it's not working out in your favor, I don't want to have people say, well, you know, that was all James Harden's way. No, the organization you, you know allowed this, it to be that way. You know this, Jay. I, I would, like, depending on if we won or lost games, sometimes I wouldn't even fly back with the team. Like, if we, we won a game in a certain city, I'll catch up with y'all on Wednesday at practice. Cause we got off on Monday, we don't have we have off on Tuesday, and we practice on Wednesday. And I'm in San Francisco. I'm gonna stay, and I catch I'll catch up with y'all back on the East Coast on Wednesday morning. I'll be there. Don't worry. See y'all. Have fun. And Key, and Key, you know what? If 
if your ownership or your GM feels like those actions aren't acceptable, then you pull your star player over to the side. Like, look, we don't we don't operate this way. Absolutely. We don't operate this way. And I know that's what you want to do. But there are certain repercussions that will be in place if you continue to do that. I just want to be a man and have this conversation with you up front so you understand where I'm coming from. And this way you set the narrative right from the beginning and you don't allow that that power just to be splurged the way it was with James. That's that's on the Rockets. That's not on James Harden. I was playing. We played the we played the uh, we played the Raiders one day. And after the game, I went to Vegas and I called back up with the team on Wednesday. It's like, oh, I'm going to Vegas. I'll catch up with y'all on Wednesday. Who want to fly to Vegas with me? We got a couple days off. I'm getting ready to – I'm not flying all the way back to Florida to come all the way back to Vegas. I'm not doing that. That wouldn't make any sense. But that. that Just, but these yeah. are the things – you know how it goes, man. I done hung out with NBA players when I played in New York that came to New York, dropped buckets. They had to drop buckets on the Knicks, and then they go up to Boston the day later – but that night after the game, we go hang out, go to dinner, go to the club, and then they get on the plane because they play at night. They catch up with their team, and then they wind up having crazy games. These stories are and not And you know exactly what new. it is, right? I, I can tell right now. As soon as that schedule come out, you look at that schedule, like, ooh, hmm. That, that, oh, we play the Knicks. Oh, that's a, that's a oh, 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 I'm going out that night. Oh, it's against the Knicks too? Oh, I'm going out that night. Yeah, we, we, we'll be fine regardless. Yeah, I'm good. exactly. Fellas, we should mention Sorry, Star Zubin. No worries. Star Story Treatment time. has been there since the beginning of Stars, right? Since the advent of the superstar, Superstar Treatment has been there. On the way, Jason Garrett testing positive for the coronavirus. Wait until you hear who's calling plays for the Giants on Sunday night. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.